everybody. Welcome back to episode 9 of Hedging Happiness. On today's episode, we're going to do the week 8 recap with our picks as well as the week 9 preview. We've got an interesting uh, new segment this uh, episode. We're going to do a little role play, a little coach role play where one of us is going to you know, serve as the college football committee and the other is going to serve as a head coach for the corresponding team. And the football committee is going to ask why do they feel that their team should be in the college football playoff at the end of the year. Next, we're going to talk about our week nine picks. And then as always, the snake draft of best cereal. So let's get going with our week eight recap. Luke, you will talk about USC versus Notre Dame. Yep. This one went about as expected. Notre Dame was basically always in control. Brian Kelly out-schemed USC's interim head coach. I think for me, this comes down to Brian Kelly being a, in my opinion, a top five coach and USC being in shambles. But one thing that I heard on the, on the telecast was like this USC team, whoever comes in is going to be able to recruit and turn the program around really quickly. And I think that's actually the more interesting headline is who's going to be the next head coach. I've seen some odds out there. James Franklin, as Mike alluded to maybe five, six, seven weeks ago now, um, is the number one number one bet on coach to take over. We'll see what Jeff happens. Jeff Fisher though. is now coming coming into talks. How awesome would Jeff Fisher be at USC? Jeff Fisher was on the list, the short list for Tennessee, the Tennessee job too. I also saw was it Mike Tomlin was on there. Luke Fickle, obviously. Um, Mike Tomlin seems like a weird one, right? Like, why would he leave Pittsburgh? Maybe because he's getting bored there. It's that's the only thing I can think of. It's conflicting rumors, right? There's this rumor that Aaron Rodgers and Mike Tomlin, you know, have this flirtatious thing going on where they're winking each other from the field and the sideline, and that is in direct conflict with the rumor that Tomlin could go to USC. I I don't see Tomlin going to USC. I I think once you're established in the pros, it's very difficult to come back. You don't want to get into the whole recruiting of players and you'd rather just play on Sundays. Um, But yeah, the Notre Dame USC game, pretty uneventful, Uh, very easy cover for anyone who had the fighting Irish Um, USC still trying to figure things out. All time quote from that game from the interim USC coach final score was 31 to 16. And I think going into the third or fourth quarter, it was late in the game. Notre Dame was up 24 to three. So very much in control of the game. Like I said, game finishes 31 to 16. USC interim coach is quoted something along the lines of this. I don't feel like we lost the game. We just ran out of time. Hmm. (laughs) A 15-point deficit. It's not like, you know, Notre Dame really scored late. They were winning the whole game. Hilarious quote, though. I saw this guy on the sideline late in the fourth quarter, and his antics just don't scream head coach material to me right now. USC is a big job, and if you want any shot as the interim, you've got to kind of compose yourself and conduct yourself accordingly, especially when you're going up against the likes of the people on the on the other coaches on the short list. So I think they're going to be getting a new coach here soon. Absolutely. That guy's got no chance of getting that job. Anyways, ACC game is our next matchup. Clemson at Pittsburgh. 
27-17 Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's a good team. Like, what What would we be saying about this team? And, again, they're a good team. They're, they're a good ACC team that has a chance to win the ACC this year, and that's about it. The narrative for me for this Pittsburgh team would be, what would we be saying if they didn't lose to, who was Western, it, Western Michigan? Western Michigan, yep. So then they would be undefeated, and what would we be saying? You know, probably like a team that could potentially compete uh, to, to win that ACC, but nothing really making noise in the college football playoff. That's how I view them. Regardless, they beat the, you know, perennial powerhouse Clemson, and so they're in trouble. Clemson is on panic button, is smashed. It is stuck in panic mode. DJ... Uigalele or whatever their quarterback is not good their offense is horrible to me it feels like this it could be a long time and we've talked you've been preaching this for a while now it feels like it could be a while until they break out and maybe get back to the Clemson we know know them as maybe we never see them at that level again I don't know Dabo's in an interesting spot now he's on the short list for the LSU job which is really interesting. And if you're Dabo and, and Jeff Fisher, or not Jeff Fisher, uh, Jimbo Fisher did this from when he went from Florida State to A&M. I think you got to take a long, hard look at your roster. And I get like, there, in my opinion, zero chance Dabo's leaving. But if I were Dabo, I'd look at the Clemson roster and say, is this ro- am I going to be able to win with this roster? Or am I, am I about to go, you know, slip down the slippery slope into mediocrity, into the ACC? Because you're recruiting against... SEC powerhouses like that's their recruiting that's their recruiting radius and if you can't do that you're gonna you're not gonna be very good whereas if he goes to LSU he can get almost anybody he wants I don't know if Dabo fits at LSU but it's definitely something I would consider if I were him yeah I think when Jimbo left Florida State I feel like they were still a really good team Florida State was and I I I haven't fact-checked that at all. I'm pretty sure they like, very, very quickly got very, very bad. I think their recruiting I think their recruiting was not as good as... It, the writing was on the wall, and that's why he left. Yeah, he, he jumped ship. He knew he wanted to leave. Yeah. So he stopped recruiting as hard, yeah. And that doesn't quite seem like Dabo. He seems very invested still, but it feels like their team is nosediving. Oh, I feel like it's so, over. I, 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 yeah. They... They got away with having Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence, and now they don't have that. And like, how easy is it going to be to pluck recruits from Clemson now? Like, if you're if you're if you were in a recruiting battle between Bama, Clemson, even LSU, Florida, Georgia, like that's who they're competing against. If you're any of those coaches, you're like laughing at these kids who are like, you're like, hey, Clemson's going down. Do you want to go down with the ship, or do you want to you know come to a, a national championship contender? Like, don't waste your talent over there they clearly got lucky with a couple good quarterbacks and now they're struggling yeah I think their roster was still pretty good when they had those teams they had really good defensive linemen that are still in the NFL it just feels like they stopped recruiting on offense I don't know what happened I haven't looked at you know their recruits and what they've been doing but I feel like their defense is still good but that offense is so bad that they can't even win against good to average average to good teams. and I agree their offense like their their recruiting level, if you look at the last four years, is still very high. It's like top ten every class, right? So they have the players, definitely better players than 
who they're playing against in the ACC. So I think you got to look at, is it Dabo? It, is it Brent Venable seems to be doing okay, but I think he's like, he's been there a while. Like maybe it's time to change it up. And then Tony Elliott. Make complacent. Yeah, Tony Elliott, the offensive coordinator, who it was there with Trevor Lawrence, now looks like he was riding Trevor Lawrence's coattails. And he actually, he word on the street was he turned down the Tennessee job. And now it looks like maybe he should have, he, maybe Tennessee got lucky avoiding him. Yeah, well, you would think so with how that offense looks. But enough enough about a very, very mediocre Clemson team. Not We spent way too much time talking about I love venting Clemson, though. I love it. I, I, lo- I don't like seeing these good teams like have these like spurts and like people are like, oh, dynasty. It's like, no, no. Like, get rid of your good quarterbacks. Come back to earth. You love the ACC or the SEC, hate the every other conference. Yes, that's your Tennessee bias. Yes, SEC over everything. Anyways, going into our picks now. You are went two and two. I don't think you've had a losing record for three straight weeks now. It's it's been a while. I, I haven't had the taste of defeat. I, I think it's like four weeks. Um, my Coastal Carolina pick Wednesday. God, that was brutal. It was just a bad pick. Like I don't like believe like. Carolina, Coastal Carolina had never won at Appy State, and I hate those stats. They've never won here. Like, throw those stats out the door. These are new teams. These are new players, new dynamics. Like, I hate hearing those stats. So I didn't care. Should I have listened? Maybe a little bit. Coastal Carolina got beat at Appy State. Didn't No chance of covering. NC State. I was, I was high on this NC State team. They couldn't get it done at Miami. But, oh my gosh, that Wake Forest game was the, one of the crazier games I've ever seen. It, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure you could have scored faster if you just took the defenses off the field completely. And they just ran down the field back and forth. It was, what, 70 to if, 56? If both, if both teams played prevent every single play, it would have been way less, like way, way low, less scoring. In those situations, I just don't understand. But ultimately what happens is you it takes it takes Army a little bit longer to score and have, they have to run more plays, which brings in more uh, chance for for fumbles, for interceptions, for mistakes. And that's ultimately how we how I covered that one. Final one was Oklahoma's... Devil's advocate there, though, is you could argue that Army runs the ball. They ran it every single play, essentially. You could argue Wake Forest defense would get tired. Eventually, their offense would struggle, not score. Then Army would capitalize on that because... Wake's defense is so tired. Didn't happen, but that would be like I, I was waiting for that to happen. Yes. I was waiting for it to be like, when is Wake's defense just going to crumble and give up points every single drive? And when is Wake going to throw that one interception yes. that ends the game for you? That's what I was worried about. And that's why it was nervy. I was worried that Wake was like, okay, they're scoring on literally every one every three offensive plays, and that's not sustainable. But it it was because Army's defense was just that bad. Anyway, terrible. The, my lock of the week hit also, which is a nice change of pace. Oklahoma State plus seven, Iowa State. And that one, it got a little nervous in the end, but Iowa State ends up tightening up a little bit, starts running the ball, gets conservative. That line was one of the ones that felt so wrong to me. Like, why is this team, why is Oklahoma State seven point underdogs at Iowa State? And Oklahoma State is a good team, and Iowa State fed off the crowd, but. Seven points was a lot for Iowa State to cover. So Oklahoma State for the lock. I feel like Iowa State's kind of returning to what people thought they were supposed to be going into the season when they were ranked top 10 preseason. 
Do you like, do you like believe that? Do you think that they are now like cuz this is this is I think where we where I can definitely get better at betting. Like for some reason I see the first like four or five games and I'm like this team is this and they're not going to change, but teams change over the course of the season. Is Iowa State a team that's changing? Yeah. They they're just becoming they're just getting better. They shouldn't have lost to well, they should have lost to Iowa. They got crushed. But that would be such an interesting game to me if they were to play oh, next week. It, Iowa State would be Completely favored. Completely different yeah. game. And I think they, I think they could kill them. Game. Exactly. So they're a completely different team. It is interesting, though, because you say you get better, but in theory, so does Vegas, right? Because they also they have the algorithms with more of a resume, more of a track record with each team. So I think the lines get a little bit sharper within each game. But overall, two and two, you hit your lock. That's, you know, you got to be happy when you hit your locks. Me, on the other hand, back to a losing week, went 3-0, <laughs> didn't want to gloat, wanted to keep the good juju, didn't work. I got crushed in my like and my love. They weren't I close. Team total. No, they weren't. They really weren't. I had Oklahoma 52 and a half, and they scored zero points in the first half. Right? I think they scored. I think they scored zero points zero. in the first half. I believe it was zero. Yeah. It was definitely zero in the first quarter. So when so then when you go back and look at it and you're like, hmm, they didn't need to score 50 points in the sec in the second half. That game was over after the first quarter, even. Terrible. It's frustrating though because once they figured it out, they scored at will. They scored 35 points in the second half. Do the math. That would be 70 if you, you know, reciprocative, reciprocative, whatever property. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> that was a little stumble over the words. <laughs> but that one stung. Wasn't even close. Cincinnati, also, that, they were huge favorites. Four touchdown favorites. They won by seven. Did not look sharp. We'll see if they're, they continue to stumble or not. And then my lock hits. Alabama, you said this was a little close to start, but then they blew the doors open. They covered comfortably in this one. It was a seven-point seven game in the fourth quarter, at the beginning of the fourth quarter, and then they covered. They won by, like, 28, I think. It was amazing. Yeah, they smoked them. Fourth quarter. Yep. Nutrition. Wheels Nutrition came off. Wheels came off. Classic. I've heard that before for Tennessee. I'm pretty sure Mark says that too. Like last week, Alabama always covers against t- Tennessee. He did. It feels like. And lucky for me, they covered. I hit my lock. Uh, one and two. Still not very good this season. But like you said, it, I do feel I had a terrible week, but I still feel like I'm seeing it a little bit better. Obviously, we'll see about this week. If I lose again, then I lose all credibility when I say that. But. We stopped now, the bleeding. It, it does right? look better. It feels like we've stopped the bleeding, and we're going one and two, two and one. One. You had a three and zero week, but we're getting a little bit better. I think the I think the thing that is blinding us a little bit is at least one of us has been floating above water a little bit. So it feels better as a whole on this podcast that we're doing okay, when in reality we're still very much below average with our overall records. Anyways, let's get into week nine. Do you want to talk about the Ole Miss-Auburn game? Yeah, so I think this is actually going to be a really fun game. Uh, You wouldn't think Auburn's a high-powered offense, but they're putting up a lot of points. And obviously, Matt Corral and Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin are are 
one of, if not the best offense in college football. This one's at Auburn, and Auburn's a favorite in this game. Funny enough, people would usually think that Ole Miss, with all the points they score, Auburn gives up points. But look, I think this is going to come down to Ole Miss has played a pretty grueling schedule the last four weeks in a row. They lost to Alabama, bad, obviously. Had that overtime win or almost overtime win against Arkansas on the two-point conversion then they played that nuts game at Tennessee and then they just rolled LSU but it's my belief that when you play so many games in a row like this Ole Miss isn't that tier of team that can just work through the schedule and and continue to win on top of that, Auburn's coming off a, a bye week. I think it be, will be really interesting to see how they game plan. I think the key will be to keep Matt Corral off the field as much as possible and keep him from throwing the ball, but we'll see how it goes. It'll be a really a really good SEC matchup and one where if Ole Miss wins and continues to win, they can pray Bama slips up and maybe somehow Ole Miss makes an SEC championship game. Yeah, that's this week in football is so much better, and that's one of the games. You know, you have got two top 20 teams sec west should be a good one another in conference battle of top 10 teams is number six michigan at michigan state this should be a good one i'm not expecting an exciting game both these teams run the ball very very efficiently but at the end of the day it's an in-state rivalry game anything can happen in these games especially these games what was it four or five years ago that punt block return from michigan state it might have been longer but nuts like i said that was like one of the Nuts. craziest and plays of all time. Exactly. And any yeah, the meme, classic meme of the Michigan fan just distraught. Yeah. That's just doesn't know what's going on. Can't believe his eyes. Anyways, though, to me, I've got two things here. Michigan State, they might to me, they might be like the most unproven eighth ranked team in a while. They haven't really played anybody. I'll go to they haven't played anybody that is should be a challenging game. We'll see. And then on Michigan side, I've got this has a game where Jim Harbaugh has to win. He has to win this game. It's a rivalry game. Yes, it's not Ohio State. He also has to win that game. But for where Michigan's been the last year, two years, he has to win this game. Keep momentum rolling into Ohio State at the very least. And that's what I've got, though. I think it should be a pretty close game, but we'll, we'll see. Number The other one is number one, Georgia against Florida. Biggest cocktail party. They always play us on a neutral field in Jacksonville. If I'm any team that plays Georgia for the remainder of the year, I am taking a page out of the Detroit Lions playbook. I am running onside kicks, two fake punts in the same game. I am doing everything I can to... Just give me an edge. Because I'm not going to have the better team. I'm playing against one of the best defenses ever. And so I, I got to win by hook or by crook. There is a wild card to this game, though. And Florida coming off a bye. They're both coming off a bye. But Florida coming off a bye, I think they're going to play Anthony Richardson, the backup quarterback. And this guy is electric with his feet he he can run he is fast it the triple option or the the rpo that they run with him can lead to touchdowns on every play he's he's that fast 
And I'm sure George is game planning around it. I don't know what kind of thrower he is. He is going to bring something different than Emory Jones. Though. I think Emory Jones would just get annihilated by this Georgia defense. Even though he can scramble, it's a little bit more of a uh, improvisation than it is a game plan. But if Florida plays Anthony Richardson, I think it... Let me put it this way. If, they, if he plays Anthony Richardson, it'll either be very close or a complete blowout. It will not be a 14-point win. Yeah, and that'll be... A, I think that's what Florida fans have been wanting to see. They see this talented quarterback that hasn't been playing. People have wanted to see him out there. It would be one heck of a move for Dan Mullen to throw him out there. on a, After a bye week, he's got a couple weeks to prepare. I feel like Kirby Smart is smart enough to maybe think about that and prepare for it. And I also don't think it matters. Like, put anybody at quarterback. This Georgia team's good. We'll get into this game a little bit later when we preview our picks. That's it for the preview. Next up, we've got our coach role play segment. This should be exciting, something different. So what's going to happen, I explained a little bit in the intro. I'm going to start out acting as the college football committee, and Luke will act as the coach. I'll pretty much just let Luke talk about why that team should be in the college football playoff. And then we'll reverse roles going down, starting with number 10, Ole Miss, going all the way up to number one, Georgia. So first we have Lane Kiffin, head coach of Ole Miss on the phone. Coach Lane, what is your pitch to the college football playoff committee? First, you guys, you guys need to get your popcorn ready for this. Ole Miss, you know, I'm fully aware that we need a little bit of help with Alabama losing. They beat us. That's our only blemish on our schedule. That was by far the worst game that our offense could have played. And it's our only loss that we have. So our offense is capable of beating any single team as long as we perform to our expectations and our capabilities. We're going to run the table to finish the year. And I think if we have one loss, there's no way – we should not be in the college football playoff with one loss playing the SEC West. Coach Kevin, I think that makes total sense. My rebuttal to you would be Alabama is the only ranked team, currently ranked team, that you've played so far. You go to Auburn, and I think that will be a big win if you can get it. But I will say I think that Bama loss is going to keep you out of the playoff. We can, we can only play – we can only play – who's on our schedule. We can only beat who we can beat. Yes, we lost to Alabama. Like I said, that was our worst game of the year. But we're going to go into Auburn. We're going to beat them. Like I said, we're going to run the table. One loss, Ole Miss. Put them in the college football playoff. That's Lane Kiffin on the phone. Thanks, Coach Kiffin. All right, next up, we got the number nine Iowa Hawkeyes. Coach Kirk Ferentz, welcome. Why do you guys think you should be in the college football playoff? Hi, Luke and... Beasler, I just want to say how much I love Hedging Happiness. Our team listens to it all the time. Look, we're in the Big Ten. We are not on the tough side of the Big Ten. I fully acknowledge that. We laid a big egg against Purdue. But if we can get to the Big Ten Championship, which we will, if we can win that, which we will, we should be in the college football playoff. The Big Ten needs representation this year. All right, Coach. Here's the deal. Your defense is pretty good, right? But your offense is not maybe even a top 25 offense. When you guys go up against, let's say, a Georgia who has an outstanding defense, what makes us think that you won't lay an egg? 
we might lay an egg. That's true, but we fully expect the Georgia Bulldogs offense to lay a bigger egg against our defense. This defense wins championships. We've forgotten about that with all these high-powered offenses rolling around college football. Certainly, Coach. Well, good luck to the rest of the season. There you go. Up next, we've got number eight Michigan State head coach, Mel Tucker. Mel, give us your pitch. Well, here's the thing. First off, we're undefeated. Can, you only can play who's on your schedule. We're undefeated. People don't like us because we, we're not supposed to be good this year. They're sleeping on Sparty this year. And we've got the best player in college football. His name's Kenneth Walker. Look him up. Second in the nation for rushing yards this year. We're a well-rounded team. We're going to continue to play who's on our schedule. We're going to continue to beat who's on our schedule. Go Sparty. Coach, I really can't argue with any of that. I'm looking at your schedule now, and you haven't really played anybody, but you do play teams to round out the year. So if you can go and beat Michigan and win at Ohio State, against Penn State and then the Big Ten Championship against Iowa, I think you fully deserve to be in the college football playoff. But I would say your work is still cut out for you. Absolutely. We're looking forward to the challenge. Thanks, Luke. Next up, number seven, Oregon with Mario Cristobal. Mario, you guys had a big, big win against Ohio State. Things haven't been as good since that win. What's your case? Uh, Hey, Nick and Luke, this is Mario. Did I mention that uh, we beat Ohio State? You did. I actually mentioned it for you, yeah. but yes. We we beat Ohio State. If Ohio State makes it, we make it. What's the point of playing a tough team on the schedule if they make it in ahead of you when you're better than them? We beat Ohio State. That's a fair statement. What if, you know, some of the teams go undefeated and, you know, you guys don't look very good to finish the season out? You guys have had a lot of injuries and, you know, important players that have gone down. That might be too tough to overcome. We win. We beat Ohio State. If Ohio State's in the national championship college football playoff, we're in the national championship college football playoff. We beat Ohio State. Well, certainly, Mario, with that logic, it's, it's going to be hard to argue with that. Enjoy the rest of your day, Mario. Thanks, Nick and Luke. Big fan of the show. Up next, we've got head coach... Jim Harbaugh of the Michigan Wolverines. Jim, welcome to the show. Thanks, Luke. All I got to say about this Michigan Wolverine, I'm going to beat you to the point. I love football. I'm going to talk about football for a little bit. Michigan Wolverines, we're back. We're back. We're undefeated in the hardest conference in all of the land. Yeah, we, ha we haven't played a ton of good teams. We've got a lot of good teams on the roster. We're not going to underestimate anybody. But we're playing old school football. We like to run the football. We're going to wear teams down. Our defense is going to, you know, bend but don't break. Eventually, we're going to wear them down, take advantage of them in the fourth quarter in the second half. You know what? I will say, I'll take a minute here. I feel like we're getting a little disrespected here. Yeah, we're ranked number six. Why is Ohio State ranked ahead of us? Why are they ranked ahead of us? It's because of their name, Ohio State Buckeyes. They have one loss on the schedule. We have zero. We play in the same conference. We are not getting the respect we deserve. I can't wait to see them after we beat Michigan State. Jim, I'm not sure if you heard our conversation with Mel, but I'll say the same thing to you. If you can win out and win the Big Ten, I completely agree you're in. But right now, you have zero wins against currently ranked opponents. It's tough for me to 
make a, an informed decision on your team when I, you really don't have a, a track record to judge off of? You know, the track record's right here. We haven't lost. I don't think Ohio State's played any ranked teams at this point. Wait, they have. They, they played Oregon. They lost that game. If we played Oregon, we'd probably win that game. Thanks for coming on the show, Jim. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. Number five, we've got Ryan Day and the Ohio State Buckeyes. Ryan, tough loss early in the season to Oregon. You guys seem to be figuring it out a little bit. You look like the best team in college football currently. But, again, you guys lost to Oregon. You could, you know, you, you, you've been playing really good, but that, that one really stands out. Why do you think you should jump into that top four? Look, everything that Jim just said is bullshit. And Mario Cristobal, Mario Cristobal, stay in the West Coast. You don't know football. Our team is the best one-loss team in the nation, hands down. And are there going to be other one-loss teams in the college football playoff? Of course. If there's another one-loss team in the college football playoff, Ohio State better be in the college football playoff. We're going to win the rest of our games. We're going to win every game this year. And if you don't put in the college football playoff, it's because our name is Ohio State. And the college football committee just wants to see something different. Very interesting, Ryan. I got one last question here. You got a little inexperience at quarterback in C.J. Stroud. He certainly looked better as the weeks have gone on. However, he did not look good against Oregon. I know. I'm sorry to keep bringing that up. It's a, it's a sore subject. But the college football committee could be a little nervous about putting a freshman quarterback into the committee with that inexperience. What are your thoughts on that? Nick, we play 6.30 Central Time at Penn State at home. Tune in, watch our quarterback crush. We're going to score at least 50 points on these sissies. Good luck, Ryan. Thanks, Nick and Luke. Love the show. Up next, we've got Oklahoma head coach Lincoln Riley. Lincoln, what the heck's going on, man? Nick and I both backed you at the beginning of the season. You're struggling. You're undefeated. How can we possibly put you in the college football playoff the way you guys are playing? You know what? That's something that we're preaching right now. We're not playing our best football. We're fully aware of that. We're not, we're not playing sooner football that, you know, fans in Norman and across the country are used to seeing. We're going to figure it out, though. The good news is we're undefeated, and like I just said, we're only going to get better. We've got a few tough games coming up. We've got Iowa State, Oklahoma State remaining on the schedule, and I tell you what, we're, we're going to make our case there. We're going to play those two tough teams, and Again, we're, we're going to win both those games. And you know what? I don't think it's talked about enough. Sure, we haven't looked our best. But all these other conferences, they only get to play eight conference games. We have to play nine. Nine conference games, that makes a huge difference. Everybody knows how everybody likes to play. Huge disadvantage for the Big 12. Yet, we're going to overcome that. Lincoln, I love everything you just said. Go Sooners. Now we have our most exciting guest of the top 10 AP rankings. We have Coach Saban. Coach, do you go by Coach Saban? Can I call you Nick or Coach? What do you like to be called by? Hi, I go by Little Debbie Cakes. Little Debbie Cakes. All right. Well, Coach Saban, certainly we did not expect you to see you guys losing to Texas A&M this year. That one loss does not look great. It's not we're, we're accustomed to seeing Alabama going undefeated. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, I told the donors I'm going to throw this game, so a &M, take A&M Moneyline, because I know there's no chance that we are not making the college football playoff. We're going to go in. We're going to win the rest of our games by 40 points. We're going to go play Georgia. They can't beat us. And then we're going to go win it all. It's easy as that. Well, that certainly sounds like a good plan for you guys. Your guys' defense does not look 
like an Alabama defense. You're a defensive guy. Why why the struggles this year? Look, if I knew the answer to that, Nick, I would fix it. I don't know what's going on. All I know, Bryce Young, Heisman. You have the Heisman. You have some weapons on the outside. You have a good running back. You're going to make the college football playoff. We're going to take down Georgia. I already got coaches planning around that game because we're going to crush the rest of our schedule. It's not even going to be close. We got Georgia circled. They're going to lay an egg like they always do. They're Georgia, and we're going to win it all. You know what, Coach? I can't argue with any of that. Good luck the rest of the year. Thanks, Nick and Luke. Love the show. Now we've got number two Cincinnati's head coach, Luke Fickle. Luke, love the name. Why should you be in the college football playoff? Thanks, Luke. First of all, it's very, very simple here. If we run the table, we go undefeated, which we fully expect to do. We have done everything asked of us. We are the number two team in the country today. And if we win the rest of our games, why should we drop? We should not drop. We beat a very solid Notre Dame team on the road, and we've crushed all of our other opponents. Let's go back to last season, if you will, the Peach Bowl. Who's the number one team in the country right now? Georgia. We lost to them by three. We have an even better team this year. If we do not make the college football playoff, we're protesting. We're not even going to play next season. Don't even don't even expect Cincinnati to participate in the AAC. It's not worth it. All these non-Power 5 teams, won't. we're not going to have a season. We're going to get together. We're not even going to have a season. Look, Luke, I, I agree with you, but you've got one win against a Notre Dame team, which... If that Notre, you got to be cheering every week for that Notre Dame team because if they slip and fall, you have no ranked opponents. You know Except what, Luke? For maybe- Luke, the only team we cheer here are Cincinnati Bearcats. <laughs> totally understand, Coach, but I think you're going to need some help come college football playoff time. Cross your fingers that Notre Dame doesn't slip and fall, and good luck to you against SMU at the end of the season. Thanks, Luke. I'll see you in Southern Cal next year. And our last coach, the best team in college football. I think that's hard to argue. Coach Kirby Smart of the Georgia Bulldogs. Coach, I don't even think we need to make much of an argument. But for the sake of it, why do you guys deserve to be in the college football playoff? Sorry if the reception's bad, Nick and Luke. I'm I'm down in the Caribbean because our team can lose a game and two, maybe even two, and we're still going to make the college football playoff. We are coasting the rest of the season. We have our backup quarterback in. This is over. I am already planning. I'm, I'm throwing darts at the teams that I think that we're going to play our third-string quarterback against. That's how confident I am. And we're going to play our second-string defense the rest of the way because who cares? We'll even lose to Alabama. I heard what Nick Saban said. We're going to lay an egg on purpose. Go dogs. Kirby, the only concern, and I don't even know if it's really a concern, but it's certainly something that we haven't quite seen from your team is do you believe I do not are... wear I do not wear pink underwear that should not be a concern of yours. Fair enough, Kirby. I don't think I was going to ask that. That seems a little bit personal, but uh it was more about your offense. You kept talking about your third string quarterback and I feel like you guys should stick to your first string to, you know, maybe be considered as a top tier offense. We don't need an offense when we have the best defense to ever grace this earth. We, our defense is going to score more points than the other team's offense. That's just how it's going to work. This is what happens when you pay your players more money than the other schools. You know what, Kirby? You guys look really good this year. Certainly it's going to be hard to go against you guys. Good luck the rest of the year. Thanks, Nick and Luke. Love the show.
All right, there you have it. A little bit of role play. You know what? I apologize. I I didn't bring the uh, the accents, the the complete role play like Luke did, but you got some a little bit of, a little bit of twang going on there, huh? I, I, I all my guys are either like Ed Orgeron or like I don't know, like a, a hyped up Ed Orgeron. Is it's kind of, except for except I think my best one was maybe Saban. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know, know what the other guys they, sound they, like. You're right. They absolutely mixed in. You kind of, for the people who watch The Office, you kind of sounded like Andy Bernard when he's they're doing <laughs> that. George of Molasses, sweet tang. <laughs> you started talking, and I was like, oh my goodness, he's, he's honestly. Going. I only want. I only expected to do it for a couple of them, but then I kind of got into character, and I kind of liked it. Yeah, you certainly did. I. That's on <laughs> me. All the listeners. I. I should have done better. I. I wasn't expecting that, and you know, I wanted Luke to shine. It was his time to shine with those, those voiceovers of all the coaches. Well, that was interesting. It was, you know, something that we kind of thought of that could be a little fun, something a little different. Uh, anyways, we're gonna get back into our Week Nine picks. Back to your scheduled program. Let's go to the likes, Luke. What do you got? So we're, we've got the number nine Iowa Hawkeyes at the Wisconsin Badgers. The line is Wisconsin minus three and a half. It's a noon kickoff. And here are my thoughts. I am really circling teams that have recently let down betters in a big way. The last, the lingering taste in betters' mouths from Iowa is how they just totally crapped the bed against Purdue and lost. And that's, and then they went into a bye week. And so that's what people are like, when they look, they're like, oh, what just happened with Iowa? Oh, they just played Purdue. They just lost. Bad team. And then they do the opposite of Wisconsin. You look back and you saw that they just crushed. I can't remember. They crushed somebody. Purdue. Oh, yeah, they crushed Purdue. Oh, and so you're like, oh, transitive property. Throw it out the window. Like, it doesn't work. I've tried it a million times. Wisconsin still has trouble at the quarterback position. And I've seen this Iowa defense play against struggling quarterbacks, and they eat them alive. For, for reference, the over-under is 36.5. So they're expecting this to be an extremely low scoring game like 18 to 15 no 19 to 16 ish 20 20 20 17 there you go it's gonna be low scoring in a game where i think i'm getting the better team and the points i'm taking iowa plus three and a half sure that's that's that line seems a bit weird maybe it's a road game again i said wisconsin was dead in the water a while ago their fans won't be in it when they played Michigan. Michigan rolled over them, no problem. Iowa's game against Purdue is tricky because they turned the ball over four times, and you would think if they don't do that, they should at least be within a field goal. Both offenses stink. Giving more than a field goal, as ridiculous as it sounds, that seems like a, a ton, right? Like it for sure could be a field goal game. You're on the right side of the field goal. My pick I've got, we're sticking with the Big Ten. Number six, Michigan, at number eight, Michigan State. This is at Sparty. Line plus four and a half, Michigan State. It's a noon kickoff. Here we go. I don't believe in this Michigan State team. I kind of alluded to it in the, the preview. They haven't played anybody. Michigan hasn't played too many teams either. They did smoke Wisconsin. Michigan State hasn't played anybody, anybody at all. They give up 400 yards per game. I think Michigan gives around 200-something. They both run the ball 200-plus yards per game for both teams. Again, as I mentioned in the preview, 
This is a game that Jim Harbaugh will not take lightly. I think if Michigan State was maybe a one-loss, two-loss team, that kind of lackadaisical overlook approach might come into play, but they're undefeated. This is a huge rivalry game that Harbaugh won't take lightly. I've got Michigan minus four and a half. I think that's totally fair. This Michigan State team has overachieved all year, and it as much as it pains me to like, as dangerous it is to bet with Harbaugh, because you just expect him to slip up eventually, I think it's the right pick. Yeah, he doesn't do well in big games, but I, I don't think this, yes, it is a big game. It's a huge rivalry game. It's a top 10 matchup. I just think the talent gap is not even close. Michigan State should not even be close to it. They're overachieving, like you said. This should be a stroll for Michigan. I also think that like the home field advantage is a thing, but a noon kickoff definitely brings down the environment significantly, in my opinion, versus like a night game. A night game, the, everything's bumping and crazy. Like That's a totally different environment than a noon game. Yeah, for sure. Less time to get liquored up from the students. 100%. 100%. All right, I'll move into the loves. We, I've got, shocker, number 12, Kentucky at Mississippi State. Whoa, the Lions, Kentucky. Wow. <laughs> Kentucky minus one. Uh, it's a 7 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. And this is kind of the same logic as my previous pick. Kentucky coming off a bye with their most pre- most recent game being the blowout at Georgia. I trust good coaches. And Mark Stoops is a very good coach. I think Mike Leach, I have no idea. This guy is a nut. Like He puts together like a great offense. And Mississippi State has played well in their last couple games. They... Scored 45 on Vandy. Actually, 45 on Vandy. They got blown up by Bama. I discount. But then they beat an A&M team that they beat before A&M started rolling. I don't give a... I mean, this Kentucky team is good. Like, people are still in the line. It's still clear. Like, they're refusing to believe it. I think this game should be, like, minus six, minus seven Kentucky. I think their defense is very solid. They're coming off a bye. They're getting healthy. And they, they're not going to string two losses in a row with a bye week in the middle. Take Kentucky, minus one. Essentially, it's a pick em. Kentucky, to this point, looks like a better team. That could potentially be a trap line because it looks so good. By the way, did you see that interview that Mike Leach did with the Halloween candy? Oh, my goodness. All the listeners, go look up that. He just, in the middle of a game or at halftime, he goes on for like three minutes about his favorite Halloween candy. It's unbelievable. He is a nut job. He can't think and contain a sentence for 10 seconds. He just rambles. It's hilarious, though. Wild card. He's got, he's got an opinion on a lot of things. There's also another good video of him. I don't know if you've seen it on weddings, like wedding planning. Oh, it's, it it's like one of the best videos I've seen. <laughs> he's, he's a character. All right, anyways, moving to mid-major game. For me, I'm back on the Bearcats, Cincinnati, number two at Tulane. This line is minus 24.5, noon kickoff. Like I said, I'm on Cincy. Cincy, they heard the critics after a bad game against Navy. And I think more importantly, they can see what's coming behind them. And what I mean by that is Ohio State and Oregon. Those teams... You know, all the experts and whatnot are talking about how how good Ohio State is and how they're going to make the playoff. I think Cincy is fully aware of that. 
Tulane stinks. We're blinded by that close game that they played with Oklahoma. We have to be. They haven't won a game. They've won one game, excuse me, one in six. I think, I said it last week and I was wrong, but I think this is a style point game. It's a get-right game for Cincinnati. They, they're going to try to win by as many points as possible. That's why I don't think it's really a backdoor cover game when it comes down to Cincinnati this year. Every single point matters for them. Since he 24 and a half. The Tulane team, I just, I don't know what it is. Like, I, I maybe it's like Tulane of old, but I always think they have like a very solid offense. I agree though, like Cincinnati ha- can't string together two questionable wins in a row, right? Every week they do that, it's a knock against them for keeping them out, especially when they only played Notre Dame. So they, they have everything to lose by not blowing these teams out. Yeah. Like a, a 21 point win is not enough for them. It has to be 30. It has to be 28. It has to be, you know, it has to be a bunch of points. That's why, again, I don't think there's any doubt for a backdoor cover with them. But that's my love. Let's go to the locks now. All right, locks. I think I'm trying to go three in a row on locks uh, in the last three weeks. So here we go. We've got Peter number 10. You. We've got number 10, Ole Miss, at number 18, Auburn. We previewed the game briefly but Auburn's favorites by two and a half it's a it's a night kickoff and here are my thoughts Auburn is coming off Auburn is coming into this game with a very very good running game and I've been looking at the Ole Miss running rush defense since the Tennessee game thinking that they're gonna get blown apart they're gonna get blown apart and no one's really done it yet but I think Auburn, coming off a bye, is going to have this game planned so well. And I think they're going to just run the ball down Ole Miss's throat and keep Matt Corral off the field. And I get it. Auburn doesn't have like a great defense. But if you can keep your defense fresh by keeping your offense on the field, I think it, I think it gives you a really good chance. And it's a night game. Auburn's at home. Ole Miss has had, like I said before, these four big games in a row that they're like clawing out against good physical football teams. It's about time this Ole Miss team lays an egg, and I think Auburn could run away with this game. I'm going Auburn minus two and a half. That's a game I can't even think about touching. Both teams are so unpredictable. Like Ole Miss, wild card. Like If their offense comes and balls out they're gonna win they'll cover that for sure but i don't know it's like auburn what what is auburn are they good are they bad are they right where they're supposed to be i have no idea you're the apparently the sec expert i can't touch that game that's that's terrifying that game it it's my opinion that auburn lost to penn state auburn lost to um Who'd they lose to? They lost a second game, Georgia. And then people write them off, right? They're like, they're not in contention, so we don't even need to think about them. But quietly, like, they're pretty good. They're pretty solid. And I think this is actually a trap line the other way. I think people say, oh, I can get Ole Miss plus two and a half points. That's amazing. Like, surely they're going to score a ton. But I would caution you, I think Auburn is going to actually take this game by, by a decent amount. So two and a half, I give, I'll lay the points. I can't even, 
I can't even tell you or not if that's a good pick or I like it because I I'm just so conflicted and my brain gets put into a pretzel thinking about what that game could end up being. So I'm moving on to my what do we got here, Luke? We got a double lock game. I'm bringing some heat this week with a double lock. Same game, double lock. Taking a little page out of the Mike Beasler textbook. Same game, double lock. That game is number one, Georgia at Florida. 3.30 game, like you mentioned, at TIAA Bank Field, which is where the Jaguars play. They haven't done very well there, so someone's going to win on that field. That's uh, the you know home team, potentially. But we, um, we got the line at minus 14 for Georgia, and the over-under is 51. My first pick, since I've got two, I'm going to space them out here. My first pick is Georgia, minus 14. Minus, here's, here's a few facts. Minus Clemson, they've won every game by 17-plus. The one game that they won by 17, I think that number would be 23, except for two weeks ago when they played Kentucky, and that was a garbage, you know, garbage time touchdown. Anyways, they've won every game by 17 plus. They currently are five and two against the spread. One of those losses being Kentucky with the backdoor cover. They're coming off a bye week. This team is so good, and I'm going to continue to bet good teams because they are more than capable. They've shown that they're more than capable of covering against what I personally think is a mediocre Florida team. Yes, you said that they could bring in a new quarterback, whatever. He's a freshman playing against one of the best defenses. we've. He's a freshman, correct? For Florida? Florida? I I believe so. He hasn't had it much time if he's not. Regardless, Richard, he's, in, he's inexperienced, and he's going to be playing against one of the best defenses we've ever seen in college football. That's pick one. Pick two, I have the Florida team total under 17.5. Again, Georgia has not given up more than 13 points all year to teams. Yes, they haven't played anyone that's terribly explosive on offense. I've heard it all. But I think they've given up. I did. The, I calculated, went through their games. They've given up three real touchdowns all year. I think five total. Two of them have been garbage time touchdowns that haven't even mattered do the math two touchdowns two field goals loses you this spread or three touchdowns no chance that's an under 17 and a half for florida those are my two locks and i feel awesome being on georgia's side it feels so tough to give up so many points against like what should be a good a decent florida team but like these games just get out of hand so quickly, right? Like suddenly there's a pick, there's a pump block, there's something, and now Georgia's up 14 after the first quarter or midway through the second, and you're like, well, now they're going to score 30-something and Florida's not going to get a sniff, right? I I don't disagree, but this, it's scary. this it's scary Richardson thing is, yeah, it makes me nervous. Yeah, and I... 17 and a half's not a lot. I don't think Florida's that good. I mean, they... they Georgia smoked Georgia... They gave, they didn't cover, but that line was twenty two and a half. Where was that game? It was in Kentucky. No, it was at Georgia. It was at Georgia. So I mean, twenty two and a half. That's that doesn't compare. And I know you can't cross over games like that because it it doesn't work with matchups and everything like that. But I don't really care. Georgia can match up against anybody, 
anybody they want, and they're better than anybody. Those two picks have been – they just have a really high success rate throughout the year. I was kind of looking at the team totals for some of the teams they've played, and they might have maybe – maybe South Carolina might be the only team that went over their team total. But that bet has been solid all year, and I, I feel like I needed to hop on. Hopefully I wasn't too late to the party. This could be a too late to the party game for me, the, the Florida team total one. I think – I think if you can get through the first drive, which is like the most choreographed preset, like, you know, plays picked by the coaches scripted. before the game. Yeah, script, the most scripted. If you can get past the first drive without points and Anthony Richardson's playing, I think that bodes very, very well for you. Yes, I think it's going to bode well regardless. I'm not, I'm <laughs> not, I'm not worried. So it's a double lock. Feeling good. All right, those are our picks. Wishes luck. The end of the show, you guys know what time it is. It's our snake draft time. We have the best cereals. I again, the lucky dime is back. Actually, excuse me. This is this was that was poor of me. Typically, what I do here at this stage is I talk about how I usually won the draft, how it wasn't very close. Not this week. Luke, congratulations from the feedback that we received and you know, you, you beat everybody. I don't think I got any votes for Mark and Brid, uh, Bridget. I got maybe one for me and you. You got a lot more. So congratulations. You won last week. You know, it's a bounce back week for me, though. I'm feeling pretty good. This should be a good one. This kind of goes back into the childhood. I don't eat a ton of cereal anymore, but certainly used to as a kid. So this should be fun. I brought the lucky dime back. Heads or tails to decide which position you would want to go in. Tails. Tails. Flipped. Caught. Flip. Tails. You are up. Well, I, you can choose. I want to go first. Yes. And with the first pick of the draft, I am going to take Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Yeah, that's such a good one. That's easy. <laughs> Is that what you're, Is so, that your one? <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. I feel like after one, after that one, it's there's like six that are like could go anywhere depending on your taste yeah that one but that one was like so clearly good. one because like you get the cereal and then you're like oh shit the cereal's done and then you get the milk. but i get the milk <laughs> yeah no i know i know i'm that's upset i i keep losing on these damn coin flips man that i mean cinnamon toast crunch if you don't like it what they came up with it like french toast crunch or something like that have you ever had that yeah, no yeah, exactly don't don't try to humor me they're just trying they're, that's a money maker Cinnamon yes. Toast Crunch is the elite cereal. I don't really think it's close, to be honest with you. Obviously, you need to mix in other ones to, you know, keep the palate guessing. But Cinnamon Toast Crunch, number one, one. That's easy pick for you. I've got two. I'm going to go Captain Crunch. Which one? And, yeah, I know. I'm going to go <laughs> Crunch batters. Berries. The Captain, Oops All Berries? Cr Captain Crunch... Crunch berries, not all, not solely crunch berries, but the mix. Not oops, all berries. Okay. Yeah, I don't even know what that is because I've had it though. Didn't know what it was called. Those are not good. Those are not good. You Just have wondering. to have the mix. Just asking. You have to have the mix. Captain Crunch, crunch berries, tasty. Pick two, something a little different, completely opposite of the crunch berries. Honey Nut Cheerios, healthy, healthy. I'm a, I'm a health freak. What can I say? It's good for my heart. You're That's a health freak. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's what they say <laughs> on the box. It's good for my heart. 
You know, we were we were bad. We're bad at picks, but at least we were like honest. But like you go go leading with you're healthy is uh, <laughs> is uh, just lying to the listeners. It's good. They <laughs> they tell you on the box it's good for your heart. <laughs> yeah. And disclaimer: that's just regular Cheerios. Definitely not Honey Nut. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I got picks three and four. Sure. I'm gonna nope, take nope. Oh, two and three. He got lost. <laughs> no, no, I'm p- overall pick three and four. Overall pick four oh, and five. Oh, I'm four and five. Gosh, dang it. <laughs> okay. I'm going to take Reese's Puffs. Okay. And I think... You're a big milk guy. Gonna... You're a huge milk guy. Like, you need to drink the milk after. Oh, it's so good. These are so good. I, I, As a kid, I didn't fully realize how sugary these were. I was like, oh, I'm just eating cereal. But, like, it's just, it's like a bowl of candy. It's essentially, you could get that out of your Halloween bag and still be happy. <laughs> yeah. So, Reese's Puffs, and then I'm going to go with Tricks. But I want to caveat Tricks because... <laughs> you got it. Let's see. Well, well, let's see. Well, they they switched it, and I don't know if they switched it back, but they switched it to being, like, not the shapes of the... Childhood. Right? They're childhood like, Tricks. Yeah. yeah childhood, they fair. were, like, all in the shapes of the fruit. So, I... I want the sh- tricks with the shape of the fruit. That's that's fair. I'll, I'll for sure give you that because that's. I think they made it worse. Yes. I don't it, know if I've like, had it since then, but me making that statement obviously would make it sound like I have. So, okay. Now you love a good sugar cereal, dude. For sure. If you put like frosted mini wheats on there, like everyone, no, you can't do it. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go with Lucky Charms and Frosted Flakes. Lucky Charms, again, you can't do the all marshmallows one. That's too much. You need the the mix, the balance. Those are fantastic. I think those might have been like my favorite consistent cereal as a kid. Cinnamon Toast Crunch was obviously the best, but again, that felt like a treat. Same with Captain Crunch. Lucky Charms and Honey Nut Cheerios were probably my most consistent cereals that I had as a kid. Frosted Flakes, Tony the Tiger, a great little mascot for cereal. Frosted Flakes is an underrated one too because you can also drink the milk on this one and it's pretty good. It's not quite, you know, you're not drinking your peanut butter chocolate from your Reese's pick or I think Cinnamon Toast Crunch is still the best milk, but I do think Frosted Flakes is very very underrated when it comes to drinking the milk after i agree frosted flakes is a good pick and it's very related it's somewhat related to my final pick which is fruity pebbles cookie crisp oh that's actually fruity pebbles is even more (laughs) under on par with your list fruity pebbles we had i went to hilton head it was me mark bridget Aaron, Danny, and Colleen, and one night we decided we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have some fruity pebbles, and like th- that's the most recent cereal I've had of any of these, and it was amazing, like way better than I remember it as a kid because it's so sugary, and then the milk afterwards, like we went through a when box. Did you have obviously, it? when like, did you have it? At night. Yeah. See, that's it's like yeah. dessert. And I guess to be fair, the snake draft isn't best cereal in the morning; it's just best cereal. So I mean, that plays. I, I think I, maybe if I tried it again, it would feel like a dessert. But when I I only ate it in the morning, right? Oh, yeah, same. As a same. kid. And I hated Fruity Pebbles. 
Oh, really? Hated That's a hot take. Uh, yeah, sure. I, I just think kind of what you're saying, it was too sugary for in the morning. And th- there was just so many other better cereals to me. I don't know why. I, I just didn't think it was very good. But maybe if I had it later when you're, you know, 30 like you, it would be it would be better. Who who knows? Fruity Pebbles when you're in a grown adult, those even get better. It's really funny. One thing that's really changed in my cereal taste is that as I've gotten older, I like less milk in my cereal. I used to just like like drown the whole cereal. Like I didn't want it crunchy, I want it kind of mushy. But now it's like just a little dab of milk and then like get a little and it, and then keep it crunchy. I love the I love the texture. So what was the last cereal you had? Oh, Fruity Pebbles? I well no, that was the last like good what like I would your, consider like yeah. Yeah, you, childhood gotta, cereal. Yeah, once once your metabolism slowed down a little bit, you had to <laughs> you had to go to my now the, I eat, the the heart side with the honey nut cereals. Yeah, now I go I'm both I'm eating some sort of like cardboard. I don't even know what it is. Yeah, that's <laughs> With, so, with almond milk, which actually isn't bad, but <laughs> yeah, everybody does almond milk. Delia loves this Barbara's oat something. She, I told her, hey, is it we're... good? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's whatever. It's I don't have it, so it's not that good. She loves it. I I tell her, hey. You know we're we're gonna do we're doing the podcast. It's gonna be snake draft of best cereal. First thing she says, Barbara's. Oh, <laughs> She's no. Barbara. I'm like, I I know that Barbara's is your favorite cereal now, at this age. But this is best cereals, like just best cereals. It's I like don't think it's, it's like gonna if- cut. Make the cut. If you gotta have a cereal, like death day cereal, like which cereal are you choosing choosing? I'm not choosing I don't think many people would choose Barbara's, whatever that is. It can't a cereal named Barbara in itself like already tells you it's it's a Garbo cereal. It's you actually you could probably eat that now because you said that you know you're eating those a little bit more often these days. So I am. Should, I know I probably it, have, like, unfortunately. You should <laughs> give it a try. It's it's not it's not that bad. It's it's really not, but it's not best cereals to eat when you don't have a metabolism and you, you know, when you're you're 30 plus or you're, you know, it's best, like, this is a childhood, like, just best cereals, more or less. I miss those days, the metabolism days, dude. Now I eat, like, unwitches from Jimmy John's and, like, <laughs> like, uh, like, for dessert, I get, like, half of a Reese's cup. Like, it's like, ugh. Like, one chocolate chip. Yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. now I'm gonna have to go run four miles. <laughs> you're gonna, you're, you're gonna go trick or treating, and you're gonna be crossing your fingers you get the toothpaste. <laughs> Dude, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be in Vegas for Halloween, which you're supposed to be at too. But yeah, you know, someone's got to work. That's yeah, true. I expect gotta... a nice gift in in your absence. You, you guys might need it. Maybe you hundred on hundred on black or something. Hopefully, you can give me a nice gift after you guys come back. I'm gonna be. I'm not gonna be able to eat for like a few weeks. We're gonna. We're gonna be on food stamps after I come back. <laughs> that's it's. That's a lot of a lot of calories from that trip. All right. We. It's it's it can't be a snake draft if we don't get a little off topic there. So that's a heck of a way to end. And that is episode nine. Next week we are thinking about inviting a guest back on confirmation TBD. But we look forward to talking to you guys next week, Luke. 
Have fun in Vegas. We will talk to you guys next Thank week. Thank you, sir. Let's get rich.